We Got the Geek is recorded before a live studio audience. He used the stones again. Hey, we'd be going in shorthanded, you know? Look, he's still got the stones, so... So let's get him. Use them to bring everyone back. Just like that. Yeah, just like that. Even if there's a, a small chance that we can undo this, I mean, we owe it to everyone who's not in this room to try. If we do this, how do we know it's going to end any differently than it did before? Because before you didn't have me. Hey, new girl, everybody in this room is about that superhero life. And if you don't mind my asking, where the hell have you been all this time? There are a lot of other planets in the universe. And unfortunately, they didn't have you guys. I like this one. Let's go get this son of a bitch. All right, it's Jay Stu. I'm here with the uh, astonishing Sarah J. <laughs> I'm sorry, astonishing. That's yeah. funny. We are here with our lovely friends, the spectacular Kristen. Hello, hello. And uh, the indestructible hunter. Dun, 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 dun. And I just want to start by saying I love you 3,000. So this is our Avengers Endgame Thanks review. Thanks so much. God Spoiler review. Uh, yeah. It's been a while. You're fine by now. Well, here's the thing. Normally, we used to kick these things off with uh, the first segment would be spoiler free. But it's been a month since the movie came out. So we'll give you a couple seconds. We're going to count down to spoilers right now. Three, two, one, Fat Thor, let's go. Oh my god, that was so awesome. <laughs> All right, Avengers, Avengers Endgame. I'm so happy I get to review it with you guys because we've been watching these movies. We've been uh, doing this for yeah. like 11 years now. Like, yeah. <laughs> man. Yeah, because we did like early I think one of the first ones we did was like the first Captain America. Yeah, we. I, that was one of the ones that I remember specifically, like Kristen reviewing, and we were talking about like how cinematically it looked like a comic book brought to life on the screen. And yeah. that's actually what drew me into MCU was was the Captain America movie. Like I watched it, and then I went back and went into Iron Man and everything else. Because topless <laughs> Chris Evans. Well, that's always great, but well, really, yeah, I mean, that's just the cherry on top, basically. <laughs> Seriously, I love Chris Evans so much. There are times when I make him go like find the YouTube clip of the Winter Soldier where he's holding down the helicopter. Cause oh, oh yeah. my god! <laughs> oh, say no more. Say no more. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, anyway, if, I, if, all the, if all the ladies and some of the men in the audience would like to take a couple seconds to pause this, watch that. Soak it in. Oh, and I remember you. I remember you guys being there for the the very first Avengers review too. That's when I found out Kristen couldn't buy uh, uh, Robin Sparkles in that no, movie. No, no. Yeah. <laughs> it's a little better now because yeah. I'm not actively watching How I Met Your Mother. We're now, we're now separated <laughs> enough from it. I don't know. I still think they're the same characters. At the towards the end of How I Met Your Mother, she studied. Uh, she went abroad to be a reporter. Totally time frame where you could be. Uh, That's Asian. a good cover, actually. I mean, sure. you know. Yeah. I'm just wondering if, like, eventually, like, she's going to be 
the head of Shield, like if like Samuel L. Jackson's Jackson's contract expires, because yeah. she was the head of Shield in the comics. Yeah, she was. Oh, she was a bitch in the comics. Yeah, during the like, Bendis years. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Nice. All right. She just so hated everybody. Yeah. Right? She's like, I don't like superheroes. I don't like aliens. She specifically founded like another branch, like a side branch. To shield called sword that's that was right specifically about killing any aliens that came close to earth so where do you guys want to start there's a there's a lot to cover yeah, well, you start yeah. at the beginning and then we'll skip ahead five years <laughs> oh, <laughs> nicely done sir I, I'm, and i'm gonna say like starting off the bat i did not expect them to kill him in the first like no me like, neither i'm like yeah Okay, this is this is what we're doing now. Well, now what? Because I had always expected. See, so here's what I had expected to be the storyline, more or less. Because we had a rough idea that there was going to be time travel involved. Yeah. So my rough bet was going to be they were going to try and like rally with whoever they had left, try and go fight him, mm-hmm. find out the Infinity Stones were like gone or something like that. Yeah. Time travel, lose essentially in the beginning. Time travel, then rally back and fight him at the end. Yeah. and Makes sense, right? Makes sense. I did not see, like, just, like, chopping his head off. <laughs> yeah, and Thor being all cool and tough about it, too. Yeah. I don't, I see, I feel like that was, like, a facade. Oh, yeah? I feel no, like that he was, was just pissed. That was definitely the beginning of his PTSD. That was, yeah. Him, yeah. That was his, that was his personal mental snap right yeah. there. Yeah, yeah. Cause yeah, cause he he like he was all like oh I went for the head that time cause yeah that's somebody who's like I fucking lost this for all of us yeah and if there is like anybody other than Peter Quill who is directly responsible for the snap <laughs> yeah it's Thor missing like because yeah. no offense nobody else was strong enough to even have a chance like like Scarlet Witch maybe but yeah. Thor was the one that, like, had to... Sorry, he was going to have the best shot. Mm-hmm. And he fucked it up. Yeah. But, to be fair, though, Doctor Strange also screwed it up. Because, man, looking at that first... Like, watching the first movie again and seeing BD Wong... Or, not BD Wong, I'm thinking of Wong. Yeah. yeah. Just Wong in general. Using one of the, like, gates to chop off somebody's arm. Yeah. They're like, well... Why yeah. didn't we fucking do that to Thanos? <laughs> Man, I wish we had some way of chopping somebody's arm off. <laughs> oh, God. Anyways. So, yeah, no, the beginning was good. Um, but they, they made sure you knew Captain Marvel was overpowered. Yeah. A little bit. But, I mean, at that point, she's just beating up like a grizzled old war veteran <laughs> on her arm. I unfortunately felt her part in the entire movie and forgive me I didn't actually see Captain Marvel yet I kind of felt she was like Deus Ex like and just here I go smoked done left yeah and then came back again smoked done and left yeah pretty much well and part of it was like they filmed this before they filmed Captain Marvel yeah or like they filmed her parts in Endgame before they did Captain Marvel um but yeah, no, she definitely came in as like, I'm like super overpowered and they definitely made it sound like she was going to be an integral part of the And she was barely in it. Yeah. Like she was she saved Tony Stark and Nebula. Yeah. And then 
she came in a little bit at the end. To, like, to be all like super mom to, to Peter. Be like, I'm your mom now. Yeah. Like, <laughs> You're there. It's like, why don't you just, you know, strap him into a baby carrier and just like be awesome. fly <laughs> him, you know. But I, I throw him. Just fucking pick him up and hunk him across the battlefield. Like, I did like it. Shove him in the car. Sweet, but at the same time, it was like, oh, it was, I don't know. I wish, yeah, like you said, I wish she had been more involved. They even called her out. Like they even called her out on in the movie. They're like, well, I'm sorry. The hell, all of us have been here. Where the hell have you been for? Yeah. The past eleven movies. Yeah. Get my haircut. Like God, like there are other planets that like I I get the like I like the explanation of like there are a lot of other planets out there and they didn't always have you. Yeah. Which is good, but at that point you believe she's going to be sticking around. Yeah. Yeah. And she and doesn't. She doesn't. You get like yeah, Rocket giving her a hard time about the Mohawk hairstyle, which is from the comics. Yeah. Um. And then yeah, she shows up at the end to to sink Thanos' battleship and I think that's probably one of the few things about the movie that I didn't like. She was completely underutilized and I just felt like she was a plot device. And yeah. that was it. Yeah. And I think that that is one of the very few flaws that I cuz I, I adored the movie. So Yeah. Like like I was telling you guys, I walked out of the theater, texted Jay and be like, "Well, I know what my number 1 is. There's yeah, no way anyone guy, I remember. beats it." So. Yeah, exactly. And but, yeah, it, she was totally underutilized and it was it was almost like the hype of her being in it was like, "Don't miss Captain Marvel." Well, that was it. It's like, oh, she's the strongest character in the MCU. She's the one that's going to be able to stand up to Thanos. And I mean, I do yeah, like that she, he did have the a headlock. Yeah, for as long as he had a head. Yeah. <laughs> but it was. I mean, other than that, I I totally love this movie. Yeah. So no, it was good. I think. I don't think I was expecting five years later. I think that Me was neither. the point of that yeah. Because they got to the end of essentially like, okay, cool, we killed Thanos. Like, what now? And I, I knew there was going to be a certain amount of time that had passed. Like, mm-hmm. you'd seen shots from the trailer of, like, all the ships around the Statue of Liberty. Yeah. And shots of Ant-Man looking at all the, like, missing posters. Yeah. And you're like, okay, some time has going to have passed. I don't think I expected it in, like, the first 15 minutes. No. no. So, um, yeah, Very so they did a good, like, sharp, hard, like, left turn to, yeah. to do that. And I think they did it as a good way of showing the changes that everybody had sort of gone through of having to deal with this. And you and get... Yeah, because, I mean, they chose five years, and I understand why, because you go through all these stages of, like... There's the panic and the chaos that sets in when everybody just like, poof. It's like, oh, okay. And then this almost like acceptance of it happens. And that's why you see Captain America and that group. Yeah, I almost wonder if it was done as a way to sort of hand wave the fallout that would actually happen Mm -hmm. from having half of all living creatures on the planet. Yeah. Because otherwise... Now, to be fair, I'm the kind of dumb nerd that would love to 
delve into what actually happened. Yeah. yeah. When you all of a sudden find half the population of the world. I am, on the now. other hand, and the dumb nerd who wants to know about all the social implications when everybody comes back five years later. Well, I was too. Yeah. That's the thing. Like, that's that's yeah. the thing you want to get to later. But I'm saying, like, right away, like you kind of want to go, like, well, okay, what do the world governments look like? Like, yeah. what does like social infrastructure look like? Yeah. Like, you've got so many people that are gone. Like, did it? I'm also. I'm also. Like you're channeling our daughter and you're raising your hand. Yeah, that's. I was just like, I'm gonna call the on recorder. you. You can't see it, but Chris, Chrissy keeps raising her hand. Well, sometimes it's the only way I can get a word in around him. <laughs> Not wrong, folks. I'm also the science nerd who yeah. wants to know, like, the actual, like, physics implication of literally 50% of the mass of the universe just disappearing. Yeah, like, what happens to... You don't know if the mass itself disappeared, because technically all that dust is still there. Yeah, but the dust would just, because, I mean, the way that the dust worked, it just, like, became part of the atmosphere, right? No. And it would just. But these of, are the questions we don't know the answers to, Sarah. Okay. This is why we need a tie-in. Sorry, science nerd got us even further off track. <laughs> but no, like I, that's what I'm saying. Like I think it was a, an easy way for them to sort of jump ahead without having to deal with the immediate consequences of yeah. what the hell do you do? Yeah. Because from the end shots of Scott looking at the birds in the tree, it seems like it was half of all life. Yeah. In the universe, which includes plants, like, uh, includes animals. Yeah. Did it include plants? Oh. I don't know. If you're thinking of, it depends on your definition of life at that point. I don't know if it would include plants. Because plants, yes, are living, but... That would have to defeat the purpose of Thanos' point, because if he's getting rid of half the natural resources... But then you also get rid of half the cows. So there's half the food, the food god. Yeah, and is it is it like fifty percent sp- spread evenly? Because most of the population of the planet lives in India and China. Yes. Did more of them disappear? Like, was it exactly fifty percent of like every city? Like, oh, all right, everybody, just go to every city sign and just like spray paint it out and put half. Okay, like. Anyways. And that's just it. It was always intended to be entirely random, so it may or may not have been. Right. Like, you just find out, like, everybody from Welland died. Like. There is a universe where that is possible. (laughs) So, no, and I get, like, and I think it was a good hand wave to do, because obviously we're getting distracted by it. So it's easier to just be like, let's skip ahead, and we're going to show the key beats of where our characters are. Right. Although it was... Kind of interesting the way they opened the movie, showing what happened to Hawkeye and his family at, yes. during Infinity War. Oh, yeah, because that's where you've oh. got to punch people in the emotions. you yeah. got to be like, yeah. hey, we, we, look at him all happy. And then turn around and, oh, dust, shit. Yep. But, I mean, like, that's setting up his character arc for the movie. At that yeah. Point, Becoming right? Ronan. Like, yeah. yeah. Um, and, yeah, and I liked that they sort of slowly brought the characters back in. Like, they didn't immediately just do, like, jump cuts to everybody. They went, like, okay, here's what Steve's doing. We're going to give you that scene. Now we're going to give you the scene of Natasha. Mm -hmm. And Natasha and Steve are there. And you get a little bit from, like, Natasha's conversations with other people, but it's mostly about Hmm. Nat at that point. Yeah. And then... 
when Ant-Man comes back. Like, they wait until, like, Ant-Man comes back to bring in anybody else. Yeah. And then you go, okay, now we're going to bring in Hulk. Which is... I don't know if I liked Smart Hulk. Okay. I did like him. I I kind of feel like it was a natural progression from Ragnarok to yeah. this one. And, like, from Ragnarok and where, like, because Hulk had a had himself... He wasn't always happy, but he was himself. Mm-hmm. And when he came back, when when Banner came back to Earth, Hulk didn't want to come out anymore. He didn't want to just be the guy that comes out and gets used as a tool and gets put away anymore. He didn't want to be the muscle. Right? The so time. I feel like that was a natural progression. If Banner had to come to terms with the fact that either Hulk is here or Hulk is gone, yeah. and so they both found a way to work together. So they here's my question. So here's my question. What parts of Smart Hulk are Hulk? Other than being big and green. Well, I think that that's... No, but this is what I'm saying. If you're supposed to saying like, this is them coming to terms and being at peace with being together, then it should be a blended personality. It should be equal parts Hulk and it should be equal parts Banner. I just saw Banner in Hulk's body. Yeah, good point. Right? Because there's nothing about the way that they played that that showed me anything but Banner running around in Hulk's body. There was no... I didn't see any parts of Hulk. There was no... I, I don't know. I, I don't know how... Like I can, I can say I complain about it, but I don't know exactly how I would write it. To have the blended personality a bit more, it is difficult. Mm-hmm. But I just look at that and go, okay, so your solution was to just be Banner in Hulk's body. And I feel like that's like the exact thing Hulk didn't want. Is he didn't want to just have his body used for the strength. And now you're telling me that Banner is just running around in Hulk's body. And maybe that's the way that it was supposed to be this whole time. It was supposed to be Hulk's strength and Banner's brains. But you develop them, especially in Ragnarok, as two separate personalities. And now one of those personalities is gone. That's deep. Yes. Uh, we're going to take a quick break. Play a lovely commercial. Uh, chat more about uh, half the cows being gone. And uh, we'll be right back with Hunters. And now, a word from our sponsors. Sketchbook Comics and Games is a store that is something awesome for everyone. In addition to selling comics, board games, and action figures, there are tables for open gaming. Wednesday nights, Sketchbook features game night starting at 6 p.m. Friday through Sunday, Sketchbook is the place to be for Magic the Gathering. The store is located at 224 Glenridge Avenue, Unit 9 in St. Catharines. Come on down for all your geek and comic book needs. Hello, this is Vinny Thompson, creator of Vinny and Bud Comics. Hope you're listening to We Got the Geek. Get your ears on, Big Daddies. All right, we are back with our end game review. So Sarah brings up a point about the five years, people coming back. You want to say that again now that we're... Yeah, like, because they showed up, like you said, they showed a plane crashing. And so when they come back and everything's kind of, you know full again, like, everybody's, like, been snapped back into existence. If they if they were on a plane and they disappeared, where do they show up? Like, like, are they in, are they in the plane on the ground, or are they in midair, you know, 10,000 feet up? The implication, as far as I understood, and they went into interviews with this, with the writers afterwards, is they said that the uh, Hulk's 
snap was everybody's back safe and sound. Okay. So, the Infinity Stones being infinite and like that are able to bring people back to a position where they're not going to die immediately. Okay. I mean, you also have to factor... If you, if you want to get real nerdy about it, five <laughs> years have passed, planets have now moved from where they were. Yes. And you yeah. get, like, the Guardians and that all ended up back on Titan. Right. But, like, they were safe and things yeah. like that. So I think it's easy to just be like, Hulk was able to bring people back to a position where they would be safe and, okay. and able to. I now want to do just a nerdy podcast on the impl- implications of them coming back, because now I'm thinking, well, now they're screwing themselves when they all come back, because there's nowhere near enough resources in the last five years that you've been producing for 50% of the population, and now suddenly there's 100% again. Ooh, hadn't thought of that, actually. Silent Green! Hmm. We got a lot of technology. We got <laughs> space. We're now, like, talking to people from space. I'm sure we can get, like, replicators and transporters going on. Captain Marvel just we're gonna ask, back in a... We're gonna, ask, we're gonna ask Jake Gyllenhaal to help us out in a couple months, okay? Oh, <laughs> uh, jeez. Alright, so I'm gonna skip a, a little bit ahead. Uh, what did you guys think of all the, the time travel in the movie? Um... It was... complicated. A little bit, yeah. Uh, I do like that it it did make logical sense from like a, a pseudo-scientific perspective? <laughs> they did. Okay, so the first thing they did was they expertly set up their ability to have a Loki TV series. <laughs> yeah. So, that's that's the one thing that bothered me. Like, in terms of time travel, you can give me a Back to the Future storyline and let Marty McFly screw things up and know that something's going to change, but more or less, everything's going to stay the same. As soon as Loki disappeared, though, that went out the window. Because you knew, okay, the timeline is drastically changing now. Yeah. Now, they tried to talk about that with, like, the Ancient One. Yes. And having, like, the branched timelines, but now you have to look at it and go, okay, well, now there's a really bad timeline out there where the Tesseract didn't stay in New York. Like, like the Tesseract never but ended I up assume, back on Asgard. But I and assume like, part of Captain America's travels to bring everything back was to... Uh, but he had to go find... That and he had, then there's an entire story I want to know of how the fuck Captain America found Loki. I know, exactly. Unless the season one finale of the Loki TV series is Captain America going... <clears throat> and holding his hand out, <laughs> and Loki going, never mind that. I want to know, like, what happened when Captain America brought the Soul Stone back to the Red Skull. Apparently, they've <laughs> answered that question too. They've oh, okay. Question in a post interview as well. Would basically like the Red Skull is now not the Red Skull. Like he right. is sort of so far removed from being who he was originally. Right. Now being the like guardian on Vormir, that there's no there's no drama. And you could argument that he really didn't need to actually interact with Red Skull for that at all because yeah. you did, you don't actually get it from Red Skull. You no. get it from waking up after your sacrifice. Right. That's yes. right. Well, it like sort of like falls down from a cloud in the sky. Whatever. So what but I mean, like, old man hucks stone into cloud. Like, <laughs> gonna use Thor's hammer as a bat. He might have still had the hammer at that he time. Could have. But see, I don't know, with with the Tesseract, 
being with Loki again, then they have to go find the Tesseract even further into the past. Yeah, that one's so easier. Like, that one's easier one for him to put, put back because nobody's paying attention to that one. Right. But what I'm saying is, like, there's very distinctly a timeline now where the Tesseract disappeared. Yeah. Off with Loki into the Aether. So one, and this may do be to our benefit, Thor two doesn't really happen. Okay. Because Loki wasn't in jail right. in Asgard. So maybe Thor 2 happens really differently and the Dark Elves destroy the world. Right. Because Loki wasn't there to help Thor. Gotcha. All right, yeah. Right? So there's that implication Seriously? right off the bat of, like, Loki leaving the timeline. Um, yeah. I think the other ones you can sort of be like, okay, nothing really substantial happened if you can put everything back. Like, the 1950s Tesseract can mostly go back. 1960? I'm not sure exactly when. It, I think it was like 1959 or something like that. When they took the one from the army base. Oh, 70. 70. It was yeah. 70, okay. yeah. So that one is fine. Yeah. Like, that one's fine to go back. The Reality Stone, I mean, you, you just give... Natalie Portman, that hot reality injection again, and send her on her way. And then I guess, like, you just put the power stone down next to Quill's corpse, and he wakes up and thinks he took a nap. Yeah. Like, so that one's fine. Um, yeah, like, I mean, more or less, the other one, like, you go back to, like, the ancient one and go, like, yeah, thanks for letting me borrow that for a couple minutes. There you go. From her perspective, like. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, no, the time travel, like, the time travel was interesting. I liked where, which timelines they chose to go to. It yeah. was cute, like, seeing them go back to New York. the Battle of New York and that going, like, awesome. okay, Hulk, you got to blend in. And he's like, yeah, <laughs> this is kind of demeaning, guys. Like, <laughs> um, America's ass. Yes. Oh, America's ass. It is American. That was cute. Like, I enjoyed seeing Cap fight Cap. Like, you get, like, weird character, like, neat, like, little character moments of, like, Cap telling Cap that Bucky's alive. Like, yeah. Hail Hydra. Hail Hydra. That was a nice, nice, like, callback, because that's the callback to the elevator. I loved that elevator. I I also felt like it was a nice, like, punch in the teeth to the comic arc where he was in the Hydra, and everybody hated it. Alternate universe, Captain. Whatever. (laughs) But everybody hated it, and, like, I kind of feel like it was, like, a nice, like, he has sucker punch to that. And it was a nice, yeah, it was a nice callback. Like, I enjoyed that. Mm. Um... Yeah, Ant Man okay. like doing like the the Ant Manny kind of thing. Yeah, was cute. always fun. Like that was fun. It's cute when he's like, oh boy, you know, remember that time in Germany? Yeah. I also I did also enjoy the fact that you like got to see like that dramatic group shot of them standing over Loki from the first Avengers yeah. from the outside, and then just cut to like two seconds later, and like, are we just all gonna stand around like <laughs> like badasses? Like, yeah, like and like the cut shot of how Loki actually got <laughs> the muzzle on him and everything yeah, else, and it's just like great. <laughs> that would make and that makes sense. Like, why are they? Mu- uh, I will say I am impressed at the number of people they got back. To reprise yeah. roles for what were literally small bit parts. Yeah. Some of them were surprises, too. Tilda Swinton, yeah. Robert Redford. Um, Michael Douglas. 
Michael Douglas and Michelle Pfeiffer came back to like not talk. Yeah. yeah. Which is probably like the best paycheck they've ever gotten. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I want a paycheck um, like that. God, like you got like Peggy Carter, like yeah. Haley Rockwell yeah. came back. The guy who played Jarvis from the from show, the, the yeah. Ancient Carter TV series, comes in. Yeah. Like even like uh, Jasper Sitwell, the guy who played Crossbones, like Ford yeah. in the Elevator Seat, like all of these people, like that you got to come back and yeah. do these little cameo parts, like. As far as I know, Natalie Portman was not in the movie, but they were able to use a deleted scene from Thor 2. Oh, okay. So her waking up... Rene Russo, too. Rene Russo, yep. So her waking up on Asgard and then, like, Rocket being over the shoulder, that was a cut scene from Thor 2, and they inserted Rocket into it. Oh, my God. So that's why, like, she did record, like, a new voiceover line for, like, some, like, being off screen. Right. But that was the, but even that, the fact that she came back to record a voiceover yeah. line. Yeah, when apparently she hated being in the movie. Yeah. So. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Now, how do we feel, uh, what, where was I going with this, about Fat Thor? I don't mind Fat Thor. No. I, I really felt like it fit with his overall plot arc, which, yep. his plot arc personally I adored. Yeah. I felt being a sufferer of anxiety, depression, and PTSD myself yeah. was fun- phenomenal yep. to show that, A, that even gods are infallible exactly. and are going to be affected by that, but I felt that it also gave some representation to a, a group of people who are desperately trying to do that for themselves currently. Exactly. The one thing I didn't like about it was how the rest of the team treated it. Like, yeah. his PTSD, in terms of yeah. how the team treated it, was treated as a joke. Like, literally pushing him aside. Like, you could see him spiraling as he was talking mm-hmm. about things in the in the, in the the briefing, and they literally pushed him to the side. Yeah. And that was, again, one of the few other things about the movie that I didn't like. I adored his plot arc, yeah. and how he was written, and how that was handled, mm-hmm. and Hunt, I know Hunter's going to agree with me on this. We love the fact that they didn't just, and you're thin again, by the end of the I movie. I like that, but, too. <laughs> and I read about that. Um, Chris Hemsworth, they said, you're gonna, Thor's gonna be like this, and and then he, by the time you go into this big battle, you're going to be fit again. He said, no. He said, no, I don't want yeah. that. I want to show, you know, the inclusivity and, and that. Yeah. You know, I have to imagine he'll be fit again by Guardians 3. Oh, yeah. Most um, definitely. The best thing I read, relating to the depression aspect and the PTSD, the best thing that I had read after the fact that I didn't even think of at the time was the fact that you can show a character like Thor sliding as far as he did mm-hmm. and sinking into the depression that he did and the spot that he was, and he was still worthy of Mjolnir. Yes. Yep. And that the the line that I read was the idea that no matter what happens to you, it does not change your worth right. as a person. Yep. So that no matter what crap you're going through, that doesn't change the value that you have as a person. And I thought that was really good. And it was that kind of thing that you just gloss over and you're like, oh yeah, we all know that there's like this worthiness thing that you have to deal with with Mjolnir because it fucking comes up again with Cap. Yeah. And you don't realize that, oh yeah, no, Thor is still able to wield it. Yeah. I did not expect him to take it with him. 
I was like, yeah. at the time, I thought he was just like, I missed my hammer. And he just wanted to hold it and again. And I love for a the second. point that I've been, like, when reading reviews, like, they've had to go out of their way and say that Cap kind of had to be worthy because he had to put Molnir back, too. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and they just put, like, Mjolnir down, like, pop a vial of pin particles on it. <laughs> but what I also liked... I'm sorry. No, no, go ahead. What I also liked was when Cap... Um, when Mjolnir went to Cap, and Thor was ecstatic about it. He's like, like I knew it. Yeah, well, that was that was great. He said, I knew it. And this is the kind of thing that I've been he saying since back in Avengers it. 2. Yeah. Was that I have always said that Cap could do it. Yeah. And he stopped himself. Because that scene, you get him moving it, and he pauses for a second, and then he makes a show going, and then goes, oh, I'm done. Yeah, but even Thor's face in that one, he was like, "Uh uh-oh. But, I don't know, over time or something, in this movie, when Cap was wielding Mjolnir, it was was almost like, yeah, okay. And I'd like to open this up for a debate. This is something Hunter and I have been talking about off and on. (laughs) Okay. Whether Cap has always been worthy, or whether Cap needed those five years and that suffering and that change of his own personality to become worthy. Because they even kind of point out to himself when he's fighting himself. Yeah. And he's like, I'm just so fucking tiring. And like, I could do this all day. Yeah, yeah, I know, I get it. And like, I kind of feel like Cap grew up as a person more than, well, probably just as much as anybody did after that in those five years, save for maybe Thor. Yeah. And I think maybe he needed that personal growth to not just be this gung-ho, kind of guy, and kind of be more human about it to have his worthiness. That's really good, actually. See, see, and I'm on the opposite side, is because I've always believed that he always was worthy. Because if you have to look at it, you have to go from the perspective... I'm looking at it from the perspective of, like, this was sort of locked in of, like, traits of worthiness were very Asgardian warrior traits of worthiness. And I don't think those were things that changed about Steve. At least compared to Thor when he first got the hammer. Like, I'm looking at, like, Thor when he first got the hammer and was first worthy of it. He was a fucking teenager. He was. And he (laughs) He was... was arrogant. There was was arrogance. There was a sense of, like, a a battle, uh, like a... Well, the entitlement, I think, is what stopped him from being able to wield it the first time when he breaks right. into the, the compound yeah. and tries to get it. He has to sort of become humble and think of himself as the leader and ruler that he's supposed to be, which yeah. is the exact role that Steve, more or less, had to find himself in by Avengers 2. He's found himself now in a situation where he is mm-hmm. the leader of the team. Yeah, He's become disillusioned with... Shield having been broken down and becoming Hydra. Yeah. Like, I feel like the two of them, like, from Thor from the end of Thor 1 and Cap from Avengers 2 are more or less, like, code of honor and ethics kind of thing. Mm-hmm. The same, like, the same kind of thought process. So I'm, I'm in camp. Cap was always worthy. He just didn't want to, he just didn't want to cause a scene. Uh, Like, he was too much of a humble guy to be like, I'm going to take this away from Thor. Right. So. I don't know. I think there's, there's a middle ground. Like, maybe he was not worthy enough at that point. But he could 
he was almost there. And that's kind of the way I've always looked at it. Like, he was always almost there. Yeah. He just, you wouldn't have been able to jiggle it if he wasn't at least almost there. Well, maybe maybe that's a component to it, is maybe that rock bottom that Thor hit in Thor 1, you have to have that rock bottom to be able to pick yourself back up. Yep. And go, these are my core values that I'm going to keep going forward with. Yeah, and he didn't, Cap didn't have that in Avengers 2. And that's yeah. and that's the thing that I can I could see you arguing. I mean, I think he might have been like the fact of like the man removed from time is very hard to know what your own core values are at the time. Right. You're, you're fighting with your values from the 1940s, yeah. conflicting with the values that you're learning people have today in the in the 2010s, exactly. kind of thing. So so. All right, let's take a quick break, okay. and we'll come back with some more end game talk with the hunters. Be right back. Stay tuned, loyal listeners. There's more We Got the Geek still to come. Kristen Hunter, also known as Kiki, is a Canadian artist specializing in polymer clay creations. Being a geek at heart, most of her work is nerd-themed. Kristen has several lines of geeky creations, including steampunk, comic, and video game-inspired work, as well as sushi-themed jewelry. Kristen is always excited to create the perfect custom piece for any theme or occasion. Please check out her website at kikiscustomcreations.com. Hello, everybody. This is Alfonso from Studio Comics, creator of Night Spike, and feature on the movie Here's Manufactured. And right now, you are listening. We got to geek. All right, we're back with the Hunters. We just spent the commercial break confusing Sarah with comic book storylines. Yeah. Uh, we haven't even talked. Uh, we want to get into spoilers real bad. We haven't even mentioned uh, Natasha and Tony in this movie. No. Okay. So you want to start with <laughs> Natasha? Yeah. Because yeah. well, this is playing into like the time, like the time travel thing. Like. Yeah. I don't know. Not trying to take away from, like, that scene. Because that was a great scene. Yeah. I'm going to admit, I had no idea which one of them was going to die. Yeah. Um, I kept going back and forth. I'm like, okay, he's going to die. Nope, she's dead. Like, I think I, I always knew in my core that it was Natasha who was going to die. I think that was the expectation, but they did a good job of subverting him. I agree. To the yeah, point that I he jumped agree. off the ledge. Yeah. I'm like, at that point, I was ready to believe he was willing, he was dying. Yeah. Um... But did nobody talk to anybody about how the fuck you got that stone in the first place? I know, place? right? Yeah. But is the, that why Cap sent the two of them? The problem is, is how would they know? Thanos was the one who got that stone. Yeah, he didn't and it was come. Gamora who died, and nobody was ever there That's to. True. But Nebula knew enough. Nebula knew Gamora died. Because Nebula knew at the time when they were trying to fight Thanos on Titan that she's like, Thanos and Gamora went to Vormir, Thanos came back. So, they knew, they had to have known something was up. Yeah, but would they be able to make the connection between Gamora not coming back and Thanos having the stone? Well, they, I don't know. There's enough evidence from looking at, like, that scene from Thanos, because he knew, like, there was anguish from Thanos. There was the remorse of my Gamora. Like, right. There, they knew something happened to her. Yeah. But, and he, I think, even says in that scene, like, it was the only way or something right. like that. But, anyways, thank God they sent the two characters that like each other 
<laughs> to yeah. to Vormir, and they didn't send like Nebula and War Machine. Yeah, that who get this movie's Peter Quill Award of almost fucking things up for everybody else <laughs> <laughs> by leeching onto the Wi-Fi signal of that era. Because <laughs> God damn it, Nebula. <laughs> Um, I thought it, it, during that scene, I just wanted to stick this in. I thought it was hilarious when they were watching Quill from the beginning of Guardians, and you, you didn't like hear the music. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, no, I appreciated that. Like, I just yeah. like and like just like Borbushi just looking at him because he's a trained soldier and going, "What is this guy? Just a fucking idiot!" Like, yeah, and Nebula going, "Yup." <laughs> um, I do love the part where. Pre-snap, Gamora comes back and goes, "This is the one." Yeah. <laughs> oh man, we're gonna get into that later. Yeah. Um, so moving on to Tony. Yeah. Tony, I think had a really good story, and yeah. I think, I think he represented the important part, especially in the time tra- in a time travel story, of having somebody along who does not want anything to change, or who has sort of. Accepted. If you put essentially each of you almost have each of them as the the stages of grief, where you have Natasha trying to run everything as if nothing's changed, right. she's denial. You've got Tony then at the end of it as acceptance. Thor is anger. Thor is angry about it. He won't let anybody talk about it. Yeah. He yells at kids on the internet. <laughs> Like, which is kind of funny. So, like, and I, I guess, like, I mean, he might be, he might be depression. You might then have, I mean, maybe it's Cap that's like, anger about it. Cap still wants to be because Cap was the one pushing to get things to change. Mm-hmm. But I think you can get like a certain aspect of the stages of deny of mm-hmm. death of like loss. I would say could be angry. Yeah, be that could be one, too. Yeah, I'd even, I'd even. No, I was gonna say even maybe Ant Man because he's new, but he never really was. He was too optimistic. He didn't get. He didn't have to deal with that yeah. loss. To him, it was no. five hours ago. Yeah, because he was like. Oh, off tell the- tell Hunter what my main problem was with the movie. <laughs> A rat was the one that ran oh, over yeah. the button. <laughs> the free yeah. Ant Man. How do you know that rat wasn't? Something important. True. All right. (laughs) I'm trying to think like rat character, like rats that have shown up in the Marvel universe, (laughs) might have been important. (laughs) But yeah, no, no, like that rat's the hero. Yeah. Um, but no, he had the like because his stakes in it were he has a daughter. Yeah. And man, this movie did a really good fucking job of punching me as a father of a daughter exactly her age. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, man, because if you gave me a situation where like half the world population died, but I have to risk her to bring them all back, then no. Yeah. Because I'm not going to risk her. I'm not going to, as much as she annoys the crap out of me, <laughs> I love that girl 3,000. <laughs> And I wouldn't do anything to jeopardize it either. And I like the the fact that they made it a human story. They got to gloss over the time travel. Mm-hmm. They gloss over it in a scene where he's like, okay, I've solved it. Yeah. But now it's, what are the implications of me having solved it? Yeah. 
what's my stakes in this is I want to make sure that what I'm doing isn't going to affect what I have now. Because mm-hmm. he got what he wanted. He stopped being Iron Man. He got a family. He was li- living with Pepper. Like He taught his daughter how to say shit. <laughs> yes, because we all have, though. Like, that's I not know. anything new. And it was, no, cause, and that was just, that was, I think, the most, one of the most human parts of that entire movie. I mean, there were a lot of human parts. I Well, especially for Tony's storyline was always about his father not being a good father. Yeah. And him showing that he cared more about being a father yeah. than about the work. Yes. Which was always the problem that he had had with Howard. Right. So, I mean... It was just a touching moment, you know? Because, like you said, we've all had that moment with our kids. It's like... Well, and they do. There are a lot of scenes in that movie of parents and children. Yeah. Kind of thing. Because you have Tony and his daughter. Yeah. You get the scene of Tony and And his his dad. And you get... I'm still not over Thor talking to his mother. Yes. I, like, I I literally still regularly break down into tears thinking about oh, that. Oh, yeah? And I mean, that that's more of a personal thing for me, because yeah. there's been a day that goes by in my life that I don't wish I could go back and talk to my mom. Well, yeah. But, like, I still, to this day, break down thinking about that scene from time to time. It was a beautiful scene. It was absolutely, you could see... And she knew what was happening. She yeah. knew what was coming, and she was still... Yeah. Being his mother exactly the way he needed. Yeah. Now, if I remember correctly, he wanted to bring her with him, mm-hmm. and she was like, "No, no, this is what I have to do." Yeah. And it was just like, "Oh, like somebody knows how to preserve the timeline, <laughs> right?" Way to go, Freya. Freya. Yeah. But yeah, so there was a very much like parents, and because even Thanos's sort of perspective mm-hmm. on everything is, "I'm the parent, and you are all the children. You are not." understanding yeah. the choices that I'm making for the good of all of you. Yeah. Um, because you can't make the, the You, you can't your... see past your own selfish desires. Yeah. You can't see that this is needed for the greater good. Yeah. Hashtag Thanos was right. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Hashtag, according to that analogy, Thanos just killed half of his kids. Yes, well, sometimes you do. That's why you only have one. Then you can't kill half of your kids. That, that's why sometimes, you know, animals eat their young in the wild. Yeah, see, there you go. Um, yeah, so Tony had a good story arc. Mm-hmm. I think it was always sort of going to come down to him. If we t- If we consider him the sort of father of the Marvel Universe at this point, he was always going to be the one to sacrifice himself yeah. to make sure everybody else was still going to be there. Because he's the anti-Thanos in that case. Yeah. And people had always compared, like, even after Infinity War, to, like, the two of them are both... Thanos and Tony are both very pragmatic. They see a problem, mm-hmm. and they're like, I'm going to be the one to create the solution for this mm-hmm. problem. Yeah. And if you look at them, then, as opposite sides of the same coin, Thanos' solution to it is to kill half of everybody... Because he's the one, he's the only one that can make that choice. Mm -hmm. Whereas on the flip side, by the end of Endgame, you have Tony now able to look around and see what has come up in the last ten years that he's, since he's become Iron Man, and go, I set the foundation, I know things are going to be in good hands, Mm -hmm. 
this is what I have to do. This is me sacrificing myself as opposed to the answer being, I'm right, I'm going to get rid of everybody else. It's, I'm right, I can let myself go and things are going to be okay. And that's, I mean, that's one of Pepper's lines to him. It's like, you can rest now. Yeah. And it was like, oh, that was gut-wrenching. Well, because we get that line from the, the Far From Home trailer that's yeah. coming up of of Happy telling Peter, like, he wouldn't have done this, he, he wouldn't have done it yeah. if he didn't know that you weren't going to be here mm-hmm. when it was all over, yeah. right? Like, Oh, that was one of his big reasons for doing it when he looked at the picture of him and Peter together. Yeah. Yeah. So. just And just seeing Peter come back, the the... Oh, the hug? Oh, okay. God. So let's, great. then let's, let's rewind well, here, because then, uh, do you want to take a break let's first? Let's take a break. Sure. <laughs> and we'll be right back. Hold on, true believers. There's more We Got the Geek after these words. Sketchbook Comics and Games is a store that has something awesome for everyone. In addition to selling comics, board games, and action figures, there are tables for open gaming. Wednesday nights, Sketchbook features game night starting at 6 p.m. Friday through Sunday, Sketchbook is the place to be for Magic the Gathering. The store is located at 224 Glenridge Avenue, Unit 9 in St. Catharines. Come on down for all your geek and comic book needs. All right, we are back at the Hunter's Mansion with Hunter and Kristen. I thought it was the... Moss Hunter, Hunter Cantino. Yeah, but I'm It's been a while since it's been the Stately Hunter Manor. I never We had the Stately that. Hunter Manor when we were on Lake Street, and then we moved into a basement apartment, and that was the Hunter Cave. <laughs> and then I ran out of Batman references. And this is the Hunter Cantino. Nice. Moss, Moss Hunter Cantino. Hunter- 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 I don't know. Right. It's the Wi Fi! Come on! <laughs> <laughs> All right, so anyway. were we going to jump ahead to the. Uh, I think it's the big scene now. I think it's. Yeah, and both you and I. We talked a little bit about this on chat. Um, when when Cat finally says Avengers Assemble, that was the greatest thing I'd ever seen in a movie. Yeah. So the lead up, okay, so the lead up to that is you've got the weirder part of the movie to me is that past Thanos now comes forward in time. Which yeah. is again like not really what I was expecting, but I guess that's the only way to have a Thanos to fight. Yeah. Because they chopped his head off in the first 10 minutes, and you're like, okay, <laughs> uh, there's going to be a Thanos now. And I guess in my head, I had thought, like, with the time travel, that they were going to undo Thanos' death or something like that. Yeah. Like, but they just have, like, Thanos from the beginning of Guardians of the Galaxy <laughs> yeah. come forward in time. And he's nowhere near as cool, I felt, as, like, Infinity War Thanos. Like, yeah. Infinity War Thanos... Is he the right was, CGI virgin, at least? <laughs> they kept changing him. Like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, it wasn't, like, the smiling one who wasn't even Josh Brolin at the end of the first of yeah. <laughs> Um But, like, like, I mean, like, there's a lot of character development from certain people that have jumped forward in time that are now missing that character development. And one of them, I think, was Thanos, and he basically skipped a bunch of losses. Like, and that changes you as a person. Like, he skipped, um, like, losing the Power Stone to Ronin. He skipped, uh, essentially... 
He never sacrificed Gamora. He nope. never, yeah, he never had to come to terms with the sacrifice that he had to make. And if it was just... No, this would have been after... Uh, the it would have been of, after New York. Yeah. Like, it would have been after the Battle of New York. So that's... So he was just mad at the Avengers at that point. Like, that's yeah. that's the only th- connection he has to them at this point, is he's, they stopped his first invasion and his first attempt to get the Infinity Stones. Yeah. So now it's a, like, oh, those kids on my lawn <laughs> kind of Thanos. <laughs> so it's almost like it's sort of unearned Yeah. when he goes into this speech of, like, no, you don't understand what I've tried to do here. Mm-hmm. You don't get it. I guess I'll have to start over. Yeah. Like, it's it's banking on the audience's interactions with the Thanos from the last movie. Yeah. But he doesn't have any of that. No, no. like, it's the weird paradox of that, of, like, the audience knows, but there isn't a reason that this one should. So that's weird. And then you get into Gamora. Yeah. Where now Gamora didn't go through Guardians Andy. of the Galaxy... Or Guardians of the Galaxy 2. Yeah. Or any of that character development. Like, she barely developed her character to the point that she was willing to fight against Thanos. And she... The Guardians of the Galaxy 3, the search for Spock, is going to be really weird. (laughs) In that, like... I I honestly wonder how Zoe Saldana is going to handle acting rewound... To not have all that character development. Yeah. Because there was a big time skip. Because Guardians of the Galaxy 1 takes place early, and then 2 is like three years later or something mm-hmm. like that. Yeah. So, that's weird. But yeah, so you've got past Thanos, brings his whole army to bear. Man, Chris Pratt really needs to just stop having time skips with women on ships. Yes, with passengers. <laughs> Cut it out! Um, So yeah, and he nukes the fucking Avengers compound. Like, yeah, oh Oh, yeah, man, that was intense. That was a good like, and that was a good scene. Like, that was a a good like, hey, we did it, guys! Yay! Oh, (laughs) and I think I was when they were fight like, and it was nice that it was Thor, Cap, and Iron Man at first. Yes. I fought against Thanos. It was nice that that was the first sort of beat to the battle. And I th- and I was watching a video, and it's about, like, the emotional whiplash that you can give your audience by, like, building it up and tearing it down, building it up and tearing it down. And yeah. through that whole scene, you have this, like, sweet, we got the snap off, like... We, we we did what we set out to, and now Thanos is here, and our guys are all together, because they weren't the last time that they fought him, and now they get to be him, and he's kicking their ass. Yeah. And you're like, oh, man, that sucks. And then you get this awesome beat of Cap wielding the hammer. Yeah. And this is the whip, and that's the, like, oh, my God, that's awesome! Cap is worthy! And they're, like... Going to town, he's fighting against Thanos because last time he didn't have his shield. He was just yeah. him, like steaving really hard. Steaving. <laughs> <laughs> we watched a review. We watched, where it was like, we watched a video. And it's, just, yeah, it's just like the, the caption at the bottom during that scene is like Steve's really hard. Like, um, but he didn't have his shield, and he gets now the shield and the hammer, and he's fighting against Thanos, and you're like, wow, he's 
beating Thanos, and then he sort of gets knocked down, and the shield is broken. And you're at this really low point where he's strapped a broken shield to his arm, and he's got Mjolnir, and Thanos is just like, okay, well, here's my fucking army. You guys know the damage this can cause, because you've seen it in Wakanda. Um, except now the four generals that you thought were dead are also back alive now. Yes. And you're like, oh, man. And I think it was at that point, like, right before it happened, that I'm like, wait a second. Everybody else is alive now! (laughs) (laughs) And at that second... The portal opened. Yeah. Oh no! First you heard on oh, your no, left. Oh no! You heard on the. You heard yeah. the, the. Which yeah. was so amazing. good. Amazing. Yeah. Yes. And he looks to his left, and you see that portal open. <laughs> yeah. And you're just like you're just I'm just like beaming. Yeah. I'd, uh, like ear I don't to think ear. they could have brought that back in better as the beat you needed to bring them all back than yeah. that. And. And you're just like tears of joy. Like I, I admit, like I'm like crying because you're like this is awesome because they bringing back like everybody. Like you yeah. get like anybody that was a bit character is coming back now, and it's like holy shit! Like this is the first time they have all been together. Yeah, because well, they fought separately in the last movie, and this is now everybody. Yeah. All at once. Yeah. Except Natasha. And yeah, and then that line, as soon as he says it, like, he's got everybody standing there, and with, like, this, like, renewed confidence, he just turns around, and he's like, all right, Avengers, assemble! That was And you're like, he said the thing! (laughs) Oh, that's awesome. Uh, And you're just like, yeah, I don't need anything else. Like, that's that's all I need. You could have cut to credits at that point. <laughs> and I'd be like, I don't care. I know they win at this point. I don't need to see the rest of that. Nope, he said it, so it's oh, good. He said it. You're done. Like, you know, everything after that is just for show. But no, like, they... But then they were able to keep up with the callbacks, to like that on-your-left callback. Yeah. The fact that... And so many of them can slip under the radar that you don't even notice them. The fact that Black Panther calls out Clint because it's a callback to Civil War where yeah. he, Clint's like, hey man, I'm Clint. And he's like, I don't care. Yeah. The fact that you know now he remembered his name. Yeah. The fact that the Wasp is there with Ant-Man and she's like, don't worry Cap, we got this because she made fun of Scott for calling him Cap. Yeah. Yep. And it was just like... So many good little throwbacks like that mm-hmm. that like you got to have. You got to have the reunion of Tony and Spider-Man. And the best part of like st- like Spider-Man just summing up like like I was on a planet and then I wasn't and then I was again and now I'm here and we're fighting a lot of aliens and this is really weird, Mr. Stark. But and then, like, he gets to Spider-Man his way across the battlefield because he's Spider-Man, and it's awesome. And <laughs> you're like, wow, like, this is everything that I needed. And you're like, I, I, I thought I got everything I needed. And then the Lady Avengers. Oh, yeah. that was, I loved it. 
I'm on the fence about that one. Okay. My initial reaction was like the fist pump feminism. And <laughs> I don't know, but the more and more I've thought about it, I feel like it was more of just like a token gesture. Mm. It was, I, I don't know. I, I can't even exp- put it into words properly, but I don't feel like it was enough. If you really cared about the feminism, there would have been yeah. so much more before this. We would have actually gotten to see fucking Natasha's funeral if you gave a shit about the women in your movie. True, but I think what it was is it was one, it was emotionally manipulative. I'll accept that. But in the moment, it, I felt at least it was so po- it was positive. It was. Yeah. Like, my the fact that you have was, to like yeah. realize like afterwards that you're like, man, I wish they had done more, or I wish, or this felt like a token thing. But in the moment, it felt really nice to realize the fact that they do have such a diverse, strong female cast. Mm-hmm. It, yes, it can make you sad after the fact to be like, okay, they're not using them properly, or. It's taken us 11 years to get to the point where they have this many character, like female characters that yeah. can come together. But in that exact second, I didn't care because Pepper Potts finally got her own armor. Yeah. And Captain Marvel was there. And like. Shuri. And Shuri. And the Wasp. And, the and wasp. like. And it was. All of Valkyrie them and momming really hard for Peter. Although, <laughs> although Valkyrie was not actually there. Her scenes were digitally edited in. She had a scheduling conflict. She was not actually on that battlefield at all. I'm going to hate to break this to you. None of them were actually on that battlefield. She was not on set with the other people. You know that leak no, scene I'm, where this pan across? Valkyrie was not in that. Oh, okay. Well... Anyways, but what I'm saying is, like, I can accept the positivity of it because I know there is an audience out there that, for them, that scene is really important that they got. In the same way that I might not think Black Panther is as good a movie as some people say it is, but for an audience that needed it, they deserve to have it there. Yeah. So, for the people that needed it, I am glad that they had... Their scene. And fuck's sakes, Gwyneth Paltrow deserved oh, to finally be, kick ass she, after 11 years. She deserved years. to be rescued, I completely agree. Um, so yeah, and then like the only part of that that like we talked about earlier was just sort of the undeserved like Captain Marvel and you're just like, oh man, how are they ever going to deal with the fact that there's a massive ship and it's gone? Yeah, yeah. And you're like, oh, okay. I guess now we just have to deal with the giant CGI army battlefield. And I think they did a good job of not focusing on that. Because yeah. they're like, we already did this in the first movie. Yeah. We can let the audience accept the fact that this is going on in the background. Yeah. Your favorite character is being badass. Yeah. Slightly off to the left of the screen. Yeah. But they brought it back to focusing on Thanos. Mm-hmm. And what it was coming down to. And I thought it was just a really good way to lead into, like, that final, like, Steve got to have his badass moment of battling against Thanos. And then on the flip side of it, afterwards, you got to have Tony get his sort of revenge for getting stabbed in the chest. Yeah. (laughs) All right. We're going into overtime. Okay. So let's take a break. Okay. We'll come back. And uh, we'll tack on an extra fifteen minutes to this episode. Well, we gotta we gotta talk about Cap. Yeah, talked a lot about Cap. Well, we gotta talk about his ending. <laughs> 